0: What's going on, neighbors, and welcome back for another walk around the cul-de-sac. I'm your host, A.Y., and today I just got my good friend Greg here with me. How are you, man?
1: Good, man. How have you been?
0: Been doing all right. Been doing all right. Work week's done. We got some uh, week one football coming up. We got a lot coming to you guys about our predictions for games this week and notable cuts. Uh, Before I dive into the NFL world, though, I'd like to talk just one quick segment about the MLB. I, uh, I assume you heard about the GM getting tossed out of his game, right?
1: Yeah, I heard a little bit about that. What was what was going on there?
0: Apparently, the GM has a loud voice because he can yell from like 400 feet up and the umpire can still hear him. I mean, I guess that's easy to do when there's no other fans in the stands. But the umpire, I believe it was Joe West, uh, tossed out the GM for just stuff he was saying down to the umpire. Which GM was it? I believe it was the Nationals GM. I don't know him by name, though.
1: Dude, that's, that's just... <laughs> It's just one of those weird things about this year because any other year, you can't hear them. Not at all. With the no. fans in the stadium and all that, you can't hear anything. But Because it wasn't it Steven Strasburg who got thrown out from, um, from the stands earlier in this year too for the Nationals? Yeah. Yes, it was. So, so the Nationals should be well-versed on uh, watching <laughs> how loud they speak because it's a quiet ballpark now. But that's, that's crazy. I don't know if I've ever heard of a GM getting tossed out of the game. I certainly have not. And especially when you own a team, like you kind
0: of have, like you own the stadium, you own the team. Like I know he came out and said, even if it was Donald Trump, I would have thrown him out. But at the end of the day, man, this is baseball, you know, and we've noticed, you know, during the year and as it's gone on that a lot more people are more edgy and things are being, you know, put on a higher scale for punishments and stuff like that. And this is just something that you just got to laugh at. Like, Come on. Now umpires are getting too sensitive behind the plate, you know, like come on, man. It's part of the game.
1: Yeah, cuz I mean, I think back to how many of those um I mean, you could throw it back to like Joe Torre, Tony La Russa, like all those coaches back in managers back in the day that would just get in the in the umpire's face and just be screaming at him. And like now it it kind of reminds me of like back in high school when like a parent would get thrown out of a game. Oh yeah. Yeah, like,
0: like parent just says the last little tip of the iceberg and see ya. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's it's just it's something else. It's it's one of those weird and wacky stories coming out of this year. I mean, we're getting into the the final third of the season, so things are kicking into high gear now. But it's going to be a crazy run to the playoffs with those extant, expanded playoffs. It's it's going to be an entertaining It's going to be an entertaining last third of the season. I can tell you that.
0: Absolutely. And especially if this kind of antics keeps up, we're definitely going to have plenty of headlines to talk about with, you know, just players and now GMs and coaches getting kicked out of games. But, you know, it's just something you got to shake your head at and just laugh and just be like, God damn it, Joe West. You know,
1: (laughs) (laughs) another thing I actually want to throw at you real quick. It just happened the day that we're recording this. Did you see that the tennis player Djokovic, just got thrown out of a tournament. No, he got thrown out of a tournament because he hit a ball like off the court in frustration and just dotted somebody on the sidelines, (laughs) just dotted the poor girl in the head. He didn't do it. I don't think he did it on purpose at all. His back is turned. He's just hitting the ball to the side. He was frustrated, but just absolutely dotted the poor girl and they threw him out of the tournament. (laughs) Like just, I don't know. I don't know. Do we have a full moon coming or what, man? But it's just like two really weird stories coming out of the weekend.
0: Yeah, these are these are sports, man. I mean, this is where competition, you know, started in reality. I mean, other than, you know, war and stuff. But sports is just like a way of competition and people get frustrated and people are trying their hardest to really show how good they can be. And when they just let a little bit of frustration get in their way, you know, now we're punishing everybody for just a little bit of it. Like, I don't know man these are professional athletes these are owners these are yeah. people who put money into the market of everyday society like it's just something where like I said you just got to scratch your head and just like what the hell
1: Yeah that? I mean I'm not I'm not well versed in tennis or anything so I don't know about that one but like I can under, understand the frustration of the Nationals GM because his job is to put a winning product on the field because he's the president of baseball operations too so he's the guy Right. So when he sits there, he puts that team out cuz I you ask him he probably 100% believe he's putting out the best product and then you feel like the umpire's taking that away. Of course you're going to holler at him,
0: especially after being defending
1: champs, you know yeah, like it's you, it's been a frustrating season for exactly. them. So I think they're last in the Yeah, they're last the, in the unleased.
0: The MLB itself has been frustrating all year. It didn't start well. It I mean Teams have been getting sick in the beginning. It's it's just been a rodeo with this uh, whole entire situation for the MLB. And the, it, it's just antics like this that are just like, come on, man. Are we ever going to get anywhere back to normal with this thing? We, we're not hitting batters with baseballs. Now we can't yell at umpires for blown calls. Like this is just a part of the nature of the game. And it, it's like
1: I said, you got to laugh at it. It's like, fun. yeah, I mean, depending on like what he said, like obviously like there are lines and and there haven't been any reports of what he actually was saying. Um, And there's, uh, there are obviously lines of just things you shouldn't say to another human being. But like, if he's not crossing those, if he's just saying, Hey, you're not good at your job, dude, I work in a bank. You want to know how many people tell me I, Walk in and tell me I'm bad at my job, right? More so than not, almost. So I mean, like, but you you don't see me throwing him out of the bank, not every time, at least, but, right? <laughs> but it's just it's one of those things that everybody's going to be a critic. I mean, you Joe West has been doing this enough too, dude. He's I don't know, and who knows? Maybe something will come out on what he actually said. But what did he say to get a longtime umpire that riled up?
0: But, you know, and Joe West is pretty respected in the baseball world. Exactly, so, yeah, it's something where he's probably heard it all, man. He's heard the whole entire saying. dictionary. It's, it's it's something like you said, it's got to be something he's never heard before. Just something where he's like, are you freaking kidding me, dude? Like this dude really just get out of here, man. Like I have the I have the power. You know, that song? like I got the power. Boom. See you later, sons. Adios. So
1: head home early.
0: You know, I mean, yeah, Joe was highly, just, highly respectable, man. It's
1: yeah. Uh, you and you got to so, know it was something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He definitely said something that got him riled up. Um, other big news, though. uh you see Jadavian Clowney finally got signed? Yes, he did. And he went to the Tennessee Titans, correct? Yes. He signed with the Titans on a one year, a $15 million deal. And I think that just shows Tennessee's mindset going into this season. I think they're ready to win this season. They beat the Patriots last year. They made it to the AFC championship, correct? And then they lost to, mm-hmm. yep. lost to the Chiefs. So they feel like they can repeat that quality again this year and they can make a run at the Super Bowl. Uh, do you think they're really a team that can make a run in the AFC or no?
0: Well, overall, I think it's a win-win for both parties here. I mean, this is a offense that definitely outperformed last year what anybody expected with Ryan Tannehill at the helm and leading this team. Uh, Derek Henry, obviously, is a freak of nature. Uh, this defense was beat by the Chiefs, though. So you have to go out and you have to get a guy like Clowney, if you're serious, to get after the quarterback. Uh, and Clowney's getting the price tag he wanted. And I abs- I absolutely do think that this team is capable of being highly competitive and might be one of the big underdog stories of the year, just like they were last year. There's not a lot of hype about them. Uh, and maybe that's just the model they want. They want to come in and just play smash mouth football. I mean, this is a Mike Vrabel team. Uh, very, very uh, orchestrated in what they do, and they just live by it. You know, they ground and pound, they play action, and then they try to get after the quarterback. And yeah. trading, trading Jarrell Casey this year to the Denver Broncos, they needed to fill a hole, and who better than Jadavian Clowney? And if it's not hurting your salary cap, then you got to be ecstatic with what Mike Vrabel's got going into this season.
1: Yeah. And it's good for it's good for Jadavian Clowney, too, because obviously he was going into this year going to be a free agent and nobody saw this offseason coming. Um, And so I think kind of like how we were talking with Cam Newton previously, I think it kind of hurt a lot of the free agents because they weren't able to get in for workouts. So it's a prove it deal. He's got one year. He's going to make the best of it and hopefully get a long term deal out of it but like you said, he got, he might've not gotten the length he wanted, but he got that 15 mil. So he's going to be paid and he's going to get an opportunity to prove it out on the NFL field that, uh, he's worth the long-term deal. Absolutely.
0: And this is still a young kid, you know, and I kind of feel for the guy, uh, I do. And I don't, I mean, this is a young dude who's obviously shown the athletic ability and the ability to get to the pass, the passer. Uh, I, I personally believe he's deserving of a long-term deal, but I don't think anybody's really going to pay him the number he's got unless you literally are Khalil Mack, who is pretty much guaranteed to get at least two to three, even four sacks a game alone. So asking for 15 million is putting you right up in the top five for pass rushers. And you still got guys who are getting paid less that that do it more efficiently than him. So I think he's I think he's going to have to get lenient. If he wants that long term deal, he's going to have to be able to take a little bit of a pay cut or less guaranteed money or take a high guaranteed package with a smaller salary over time.
1: Well, the big thing with him is just staying healthy because I know for an episode of Giantsology, I was kind of looking into his stats, seeing if he was really worth the number he's asking for. And on a per game basis, his numbers are comparable, a step down nonetheless, but comparable to Khalil Max. Mm-hmm. But he just, he's had, um, injuries that have kept him off the field so his numbers aren't really the same so i think if he can come in start all 16 games for them put up those numbers continuously i think he could really make a case for getting that near khalil mac money yeah and obviously it's going to be a weird off season this coming year because who knows what's going to be happening with the salary cap but i think he could definitely really make a case for the rest of the nfl that he deserves this money
0: yeah. And you know what? This is this is taking me back in time to when the Titans had Javon curse. And uh, I mean, the dude was a freak in nature and he was a one man, one man team on that defensive line. And I think that's what Clowney's going to be able to do. He's going to bring a certain type of energy to this defense and everybody's going to feed off of it and translate it into pr- highly productive plays in and out of every single game. And uh, it, it's just it's a special player. And if you put a special player around just average dudes, those average guys, their gameplay can just rise just from being around a player like that. So the Titans are definitely a sleeper team. And uh, hopefully, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not sure about their cap situation, but, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Clowney's putting out and Titans are making a run and they offer him a contract extension.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, that definitely could work out for them and they know what they're getting and he can get paid. So it'll be it's a big year for him. He's got to he's got to make. He's got to make it worth it, man. I mean, I'm, I'm glad that he was able to get signed because he is a young kid. He's a good player, and he deserves to be out on the field. Mm-hmm. I agree. So, so I know I just mentioned him a little bit earlier, uh, comparing him to Cam Newton with the whole free agency fiasco. Cam Newton was quoted this this week saying that him going to New England and working with Bill Belichick is a match made in heaven. As a Bills fan, does that make you nervous? Uh, No. I think...
0: Bill Belichick is just the greatest coach of all time. And any quarterback walking into that room would say the same thing. This is a guy who just knows how to diagnose any team and knows how to literally manipulate any team to his advantage. Uh, Bill Belichick is just, he's the ultimate mastermind of this game and anybody would capitalize from that and probably think it's a match made in heaven when this dude can literally slow the game down for you and put you in a situation that best suits your skill sets. I mean, we're not going to see a Tom Brady offense here. Uh, The dink and dunk is probably going to be the way to go. And they're going to probably do a lot of options with, with cam Newton. Uh, They're going to get their money's worth for what they're paying him. He's got a lot of incentives. I know the initial deal isn't a lot, but with incentives, he's up around like 5.75 million. Uh, This is just a highly talented guy who is getting a chance with the dude who only quarterbacks dream of playing for. So, I, I do hope the best for Cam, but I really don't think it's going to make that big of a difference for the New England Patriots this year.
1: It'll, just, it'll definitely be something I'm following this year. I'm looking at your guys' schedule right now. You guys don't meet up until week eight. Mm-hmm. So he... So there's not really going to be any excuses on either end. Week 8, you should be firing on all cylinders ready to go. Cam Newton should be comfortable enough in the offense that's put out for him and your guys should be running top notch. Right. That's going to be a huge matchup cuz I definitely think that the Patriots are still the second best team in the division. So that's going to be a huge game week 8 and in- what would it take for you to actually feel nervous? They're coming into that game six and two, seven and one. Like, do you really think that this te- that the, this Patriots team could be a threat to you guys for the division? To be honest, and I'm not just saying this as a bills fan.
0: I think the whole entire Patriots team right now is a facade. Uh, there's a lot of good reports. They're playing each other. I mean, this is what every team has been doing. They've been playing their own defenses and everything, but let's not forget the Patriots have lost like seven key starters this off season. Uh, so who knows what kind of talent they're actually going up against on that defense right now? I know you still got Gilmore, you got the McCordy brothers, they got the solid corners, but the the make or break for that team last year on that side of the ball was that the front seven could get after the quarterback, and it made the secondary almost unbeatable because you know they were locked tight in man to man coverage, their zones were unbelievable, but that's all because of the pressure applied to the quarterback. Now. You go out, you lose uh, Hightower, you lose Van Noy, you lose Danny Shelton. You're losing guys all over that front seven that were highly productive for you. And honestly, I just don't. I'm not nervous about the Patriots because I think they have more holes than reporters are putting out there, and they're just a media favorite. And I think they're going to get exposed the first couple weeks with how weak they are in the front seven.
1: Yeah, man, I mean, I mean. Right now everybody's zero and zero. Everybody's undefeated. So every every team you look on their sites and their bloggers, everybody's positive. Mm-hmm. And so it, it definitely could be partially that, but I mean, this is also a team that just like O oh, Muhammad
0: Sanu, they're loaded mm-hmm. in the backfield, but they did just drop Lamar Miller, but that's because again, they're loaded in the backfield. They so still got James White, Rex Burkhead, Damian Harrison. Uh they, they just got a lot of guys. Sonny Michelle. So Michelle. There, there's a lot of guys there, but now if you look at this wide receiver core, they dropped Muhammad Sanu, so that means their best receiver is a 34, 35 year old Julian Edelman, and a Nikhil Harry who barely played any snaps last year. So I just Harry, Harry got injured last year, didn't he? I believe so, but
1: it's just promise before.
0: Yeah, it's just one of those things where I don't think they have the same amount of weapons on both sides of the ball, and like I said, I just feel like they're going to be exposed. Uh, early on and they're going to have to make a lot of adjustments, but that's what bill Belichick does. He's you can never rule out the Patriots because he always puts in players you've never heard of. And all of a sudden they're just going crazy and they make a name for themselves. So it's not that I'm counting out the Patriots, but I'm not nervous about them. Uh, Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott are just as smart as bill to an extent. And I feel confident with the team that we're putting out there this year.
1: All right. So one last question and we'll move off the bills. I know, or actually a couple more questions. Um, do you guys sweep the Patriots or split with them? I
0: Personally, I think we're going to sweep them. I think we got the better team on paper. We got the better team on the field. The Bills offense is just – as long as our offensive line can protect Josh Allen for two to three seconds when he drops back, the Bills are going to be one of the most dangerous teams in the NFL this year. They just got way too many weapons, and that doesn't even account for the fact that Josh can run at any given time. So. There's, you know, three wide receivers you got to worry about, a tight end. And now you got two running backs and the ability of Josh is just unreal. So as long as they can give him time in the backfield, I I think they're going to be set.
1: All right. So you just mentioned um, him earlier, Lamar Miller. Mm -hmm. He's actually visiting Buffalo soon do you think there's really a spot for him on the team? And if so, what is what is what is that spot? What
0: is uh, that position? I would say he would probably be our running back number three and we would drop TJ Yeldon or put him on our practice squad. Again, they, we are able to keep six players exempt this year. So it's one of those things where we can really fluctuate who's on that practice squad on a week to week basis. Lamar Miller, former pro bowler. You can't argue with what he's done in his career. He's just a running back you know like that's one of those things now in this league where running backs are exce- are uh, expendable and i think that's just a situation this dude's fallen into especially in new england uh bill belichick was has been super high on damian harris for a long time now sonny michelle james white rex burkett i mean it's just a system over there so lamar miller would definitely be an upgrade in my opinion like i said former pro bowler and there's no doubt that he has the ability to run still
1: Well, and the thing of it is, is like, even though his legs might not be there, like you used to, he's still the same guy. He's still got that high football IQ Mm -hmm. and between... Singletary, correct? Is your running yep. back one? Singletary. Between and Moss. Singletary and Moss, you guys have a really young backfield. I think that'll be a huge help for those guys. Is to have, like you said, a former Pro Bowler in that backfield with them, being able to teach them like the IQ part of it. Even though like physically he's not the same guy, I still think that that's going to be a huge benefit for you guys.
0: Well, I mean, it's something that McBean has done he- since they've been here. Uh, they hire veteran guys almost at every single position. Uh, to give that insight to the younger players they like those role models they like the veterans that can come in and really maybe slow the game down for these younger dudes and take some pressure off of them maybe learn a thing after watching them hit a hole a different way or whatever Uh, and Lamar Miller would definitely be a great piece of that I have nothing against TJ Yeldon he's he's a very capable dual threat running back he's just finding himself in situations where it's hard for him to get playing time so If you can bring in a Lamar Miller who has more experience that might be able to teach these younger guys, like you stated, something that TJ can't, then that's just the role that McBean's looking for, probably.
1: Definitely. I mean, and who knows? Maybe TJ Yeldon could even find a spot on that practice squad because anybody's allowed on the practice squad this year. So Mm -hmm. it'll be interesting to see how that all shakes out. But I guess that's it for our little mini uh, Buffalo binge (laughs) episode inside of our Woodbind this week. But we were talking about it. What are some other notable cuts uh, with with teams going down to that 53-man roster? What are some other noticeable cuts you saw this week?
0: I got to say, man, there's some uh, secondary pieces out there that got dropped that I think still have the capability of finding their niche in this league and being very accessible to teams that need them, like uh, Demarius Ha HaHa, Clinton Dix, those guys. I mean, those are two very capable safeties, played a lot of games in this league, have a lot of experience. You put them in a nice... DB room with some other, you know, high profile names, I mean, they can be a very good compliment for you.
1: Uh that oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, uh definitely, man. I mean, even with the Giants, I mean, our secondary thinned out quite a bit in the during the preseason. I mean, we lost Xavier McKinney for they're saying seven to eight weeks. So even if we brought one of those guys, I I wouldn't I wouldn't be mad if the Giants for the right price, if they could pick up a haha Clinton Dix bring that experience in, bring those guys along. Cause we have such a young secondary and we've thinned out quite a bit because of injuries that I definitely see those guys ending up on a team sometime this year.
0: Right. And you know, just to keep going in the DB field, I mean, Sidney Jones, former second round pick for the Eagles, maybe it just was a, uh, a scheme thing. You know what I mean? Maybe he just wasn't schematically a good player for that system. Uh, but, he had all the talent in the world coming out along with Rasul Douglas out of Philly as well. I mean, those are two guys who I think in the right system can really be productive and help a team out, especially the Giants right now. I mean, those, all four of those guys right there I could see on the Giants and and would be able to help and be a better part of that system.
1: Yeah, I know um, for the first guy you said for the Eagles, I know a big thing for him was he couldn't stay healthy. I think he missed an entire year and then he missed a chunk of last year as well, so... It's, definitely, it's tough because, I mean, obviously nobody tries to get injured, but that's just the way of this business. Uh, for some other notable names, though, that uh, caught my attention was, of course, Adrian Peterson for the Washington football team. He's signing a one-year deal already with the Detroit Lions, so he'll be playing this year. But I know with the Washington football team, they also cut Darius Geist because of outside football stuff. This year, too. So they must be really confident in those new guys that they've brought in in that backfield that they're willing to cut Adrian Peterson.
0: Yeah, I mean, Antonio Gibson was one of the highest remarked running backs coming out of this year's draft. Very athletic and catch can run. Uh, I know that there's been a lot of good news about him coming out of that camp. Other than that, though, I don't really know who they have on that team. Uh, Adrian Peterson was just a guy who probably was demanding a certain amount of carries. And that's exactly what he's going to get in Detroit. I know that Detroit took DeAndre Swift. They've got Kerryon Johnson, but this is, again, an experienced guy walking into a young room who can show these guys maybe something that they're not seeing fast enough or slow enough and, you know, can really help them establish their game and and put their foot in this league. And who better than freaking Adrian Peterson? I mean, this is a guy who's proven. I mean, he's had a lot of outside noise, but at the end of the day, this guy's proven, man. And any team would benefit from this. Honestly, whenever a running back goes out on the free agent, like Devontae Freeman, Adrian Peterson, names like that, I instantly think Patriots. So I'm just, I'm happy he went with Matt Patricia, who is a former Patriot coach. So it doesn't make any difference really, but it's one of those things I can see a rotating field there. And I think Adrian Peterson's definitely going to get about 10, 12 carries a game.
1: Yeah. I mean, speaking of running backs getting cut, it wasn't a 53 man roster cut down, but Leonard Fournette was cut earlier in the week. They just, there's been a list of issues, um, between production going down on the field issues, off the field issues. Jacksonville had enough lucky for him though. He doesn't have to move too far. Um, he signed with Tampa Bay adding another offensive weapon to that Tampa Bay team. Do you, do you think that this is going to line up as good as it looks on paper in Tampa?
0: I don't know, man. You got a lot of guys who demand a lot of attention, and and when I say attention, I mean you got Mike Evans, Godwin, who are two guys who are going to want targets every game. But you got Rob Gronkowski and OJ Howard, two tight ends. I mean, this is this is literally an old school New England Patriot team right here. You got the you got the two tight end sets with the two banger of wide receivers on the outside and you got a power backfield and ronald jones and leonard for now and you even got shady mccoy to be your james white this is literally tom brady going to the coaches saying this is what i need to win i can bring a championship here if you put these pieces around me but i would like to make a quick remark on jacksonville i i honestly think doug marone's the plague and ever since he's been there, he's always had problems with his high profile players. I mean, Leonard Fournette, there's no doubt this dude is athletic. There's no doubt this dude has the capability of being one of the top five, 10 running backs in this league with the skill set he has. Uh, and to lose Jalen Ramsey and to lose AJ Boye and, you know, now you got Leonard Fournette and the list goes on. Calais Campbell, Yannick Ngakwe. I mean, these are guys who are game changers. And when, when one by one they're falling off the tree, man, you got to start wondering if your roots are rotten out. And I think Doug Marone is is the plague. I, he, he did the same thing in Buffalo. He had one good season, but then he a lot of people came out and said the locker room wasn't good, though. Like, he barely talked to the players. So I, I don't know what's going on in Jacksonville, but the Tampa Bay Buccaneers definitely <laughs> reap the benefits of a falling out. And uh, this team's scary, man. This offense is for real. And if they can hold the ball for more than half the game, then Tom Brady's going to take this team to a Super Bowl.
1: Well, when you're saying all that, and you didn't even mention if there's a head coach who could put all this together, it's Bruce Arians. They have Bruce right. Arians at the helm too. So, I mean, honestly, I think, I think this team is legit. I think that they they're going to put it together. It's just if that offense can keep them in games, because you can put up all the points you want. If you can't stop the other team, then you're going to have issues. But Speaking of Tampa Bay, one of the surprising notable cuts was actually for me, Josh Rosen for Miami. I know they just drafted Tua, but they gave up a second round pick last year when they traded for him when he was in Arizona. And they're already willing to part ways with him. He's signing onto the Tampa Bay practice squad. So, I mean, he's going to get to learn from one of the best of all time. So, I mean, he's good. He's doing okay. He's gonna be in a in a good situation. But it's just surprising that they're that willing to give up on him that quickly. So I'm wondering if uh Tua's showing something. Tua's showing him something in the training camp because Rosen would have still been on that rookie contract when he was a first round pick, top half even. I don't remember where exactly, but they just they see what they like in Tua. They have announced Ryan Fitzpatrick will start week one, but Tua's coming.
0: Yeah, I mean, we must be living in a parallel universe because when this quarterback class was coming out with Josh Rosen involved in it, a lot of media analysts were thinking he was going to New England to sit behind Tom Brady and take over that offense when it was done. Uh, there's no doubt in in my mind that Josh Rosen has the IQ to be a good quarterback. He, he really did put up some solid numbers in college. And I think he's just had a rough upbringing in the NFL, no consistency with teams. And, uh, He's just been a victim of bad circumstance, in my opinion. And maybe maybe he doesn't have what it takes, but to learn from one of the best, if not the best to ever do it, is always you know a plus in your career. And uh, to what you were saying about Tua Tagovailoa, I mean, when you spend a high pick like that to go get him, uh, they're definitely going to make sure he gets the majority of the reps that he can to become that starter as soon as possible. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick, we all know Fitzmagic out here in Buffalo – uh, we know what he's capable of. He can have those dominant games where he throws for almost 600 yards or more, with you know five touchdowns. But it only lasts for so long. That, that's just been the repetition of his career. But Tua, you know, they got to make sure he gets those reps. And I'm sure he's, I'm sure he's killing it. I mean, the kid was dominant in college football.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, we'll see how long Fitzpatrick will last as a starter. Like I said, as of week one, he's going to be the starter. One of the names, I kept looking on different sites, and one of the names that kept popping up for a notable cut is actually, we're going to bring it right back to uh, Buffalo again, um, Voshan Joseph. Mm-hmm. I'm not familiar with the name. Is this as notable as they're making it out to be? What, what are your thoughts on it?
0: Well, Voshan, you know, fifth-round pick when he came out, uh, very athletic kid out of Florida, had a huge upside. It's just, you know, he had a very down offseason for the Bills this year, and we've had a lot of guys – on this team that's been on the practice squads that have always been competing for a starting role. And this, this coaching staff out here is just high on it. When you get your opportunity, what are you going to do with it? And, you know, some people just outperformed what Voshan was doing. I guess he really just wasn't getting it this year. And I'm sure he'll find another home because he is an athletic linebacker who can go sideline and sideline. And again, you know, maybe it's just a different scenery that he needs to, to get his game going, but I hope the best for Voshan. He just wasn't putting out what the coaches needed to see, and somebody else got his spot.
1: Gotcha. Uh, Another name, Shaquem Griffin for Seattle. Uh, He was one of the feel-good stories of the 2018 draft. They signed him to the practice squad. He was mostly a special teams player. That's just another name that stuck out to me. Todd Davis for Denver. He started 14 games over each of the last two seasons. So there's some, there's some notable names with some notable playing time that are getting cut. We already went into Mohamed Sanu as well. For the Giants, the big one for us was actually Ryan Connolly. Are you familiar with him at all or no? Ryan Connolly. Is that a offensive lineman? So Ryan Connolly is actually uh, he's a linebacker, and he showed really good promise last year before he had a season-ending injury. And everybody was expecting him to be right behind Blake Martinez in that middle linebacker position. But the news came out that he was cut and in an interview with Joe judge, basically they said it was a calculated risk. Health wasn't a factor and they were hoping to sign him to the practice squad. But the day after he was claimed by the Vikings. Mm -hmm. So a lot of giants fans are a little confused about it. I mean, right now we just got to trust that judge is doing what he can and doing the best, putting the, putting the best product out. Uh, but, man, I I am. I'm bummed to see him go. He was definitely a fan favorite among Giants fans. So I wish him the best in Minnesota. He's a Minnesota kid, so he's pretty excited to be playing for his home. I'm sure. And I hate
0: losing those guys that fans root for. I mean, we had Robert Foster get cut this year, and that's a fan favorite just because of the dream season he had, uh, his rookie season in the last half. I mean, he was one of the best wide receivers downfield. But uh, you know, back to what you said about Todd Davis, I wouldn't be surprised if that's a giant move right there. Uh, you might not need them to start, but it gives you flexibility in that linebacker core to maybe bump them outside or bump one of the other two guys outside or you know what I mean? Like shuffle them around. Todd Davis is a proven linebacker in this league. He might not be statistically like strong, but he's seen a lot of snaps, man. And this league, you 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 get more out of experience in this league other than just like talent most of the time, unless you're like a Saquon or a Christian McCaffrey or a freak in nature like Pat Mahomes, like where the game is just naturally slow to those dudes. Nine times out of ten, experience speaks for itself. Uh, and Todd Davis is definitely a dude who I am almost guaranteeing will be signed before week's end.
1: Oh, no doubt. So a couple other notable names with a little bit of uh, local ties: uh, Chad Kelly, nephew of your Lord and Savior Jim Kelly, Mr. was sent to the it, was sent to the Indianapolis practice squad, and then New England cut Justin Rohrwasser who's a Clifton Park kid about 15 minutes down the road from me. Um, He made some headlines for some tattoos that we got into in a previous episode, but they are both cut. Earl Thomas was officially cut, but we saw the writing on the wall with that one a few weeks ago.
0: Now, if I'm not mistaken, was they spent a draft pick on him, correct? Correct. So that's kind of surprising to me. I mean, the Bills, they they spent one on Tyler Bass this year, and everybody kind of saw the writing on the wall for Hauschka out here. When you spend a pick on a kicker, especially anywhere from the fourth to the sixth round, you're basically saying this is our dude. Uh, I mean, I think they did the same thing with Gaskowski. And, you know, like it, it's really kind of weird what happened there for me because Bill, Bill Belichick doesn't make a mistake like that very often. And I'm, I'm just kind of wondering what they saw when they drafted him to what they got when they got him.
1: Yeah, I mean, who knows we'll have to see if another team picks him up or throws him on a practice squad as an emergency kicker. But yeah, I mean, I didn't even think of it like that. Like he doesn't make many mistakes and usually he's spot on. I mean, he's had two kickers over the past 25 years or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. That might be much, but, but he's had Vinatieri Vin- and Goskowski for so long that it's kind of surprised that like he's swung and miss on this kid, or at least that's how he's seeing it in his eyes. Right. Uh, was there any other notable cuts or we you ready to get into some week one action?
0: Uh, the only, the only other one that kind of stuck out to me was Prince and Mukamara out of the Raiders organization. That's another mm-hmm. corner I think is going to find a home here. No doubt by week's end. I mean, cornerback depth, uh, secondary depth in this league is just as pivotal as anything. So I, I can imagine him being on a team, but yeah, that was the only other big name.
1: Yeah. There's already a few teams that have expressed interest in him. Like he's one of those guys. I'll be surprised if he's not on a squad week one, or at least the day after like, right. Tuesday is the first day of the second week. So it, he'll he'll find a team quick. They're already getting interest, so he'll 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 bring his experience into a, a good backfield, probably. Yep. Football is finally back this week.
0: I know, man, and I I'm ecstatic about it, dude. I'm just so happy there haven't been any big setbacks, dude. It's
1: we're go, we're going into it. They're going into it headstrong. We're going to see how it works. I mean, we've already got. Ulterior plans if the season gets canceled for our fantasy leagues. I mean, but right now we have a game scheduled for Thursday night, Houston at Kansas city to open up the week. I think that's a fantastic game to start the season. Honestly.
0: Absolutely. And honestly, I'm also just looking forward to see how awkward it is to be playing these games with no fans, but this is definitely a a high powered game Two high powered offenses. I know Deandre Hopkins is no longer in Texas but I mean they got uh they got Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller who can really stretch the field David Johnson when healthy he's a good running back and Deshaun Watson we all know what he can do um just like I said man high-powered offense. It should be a great game
1: yeah definitely man I mean it's always one of those things that like is always like the critique of the first few weeks is like the offenses just don't quite have it on par so you see a lot of low scoring games so I think throwing two of the best offenses in the league I think that's a great way to start off this season. Um, it's just like I said, man, dude. I cannot, I cannot express how excited I am to get back to football, dude. It's just, it's what we started this podcast on. We started with all the draft analysis. It's, dude, it, it's, it's ridiculous. But I really can't describe how excited I am.
0: It's been a long time coming, man. And you know, I, I got to applaud to this point so far Roger Goodell and the NFL organization as a whole I don't know if teams are doing team bubbles that they're responsible for their own bubbles during this time but not having the preseason games is a huge thing but we also haven't heard anything big about players getting COVID-19 no players really going out and you know exposing themselves to the situation at all I mean this has been for for my understanding there's been no bubble and with having no bubble, I'm extremely surprised with how well this has worked because there was a lot of, there was a lot of skepticism on if they were going to be able to do this the way that they planned it out. And you know what? It's worked out to this point, and I'm right there with you, man. I'm ecstatic. Uh, like you said, we started on football, and I just can't, I can't believe it's here with no setbacks other than no preseason games.
1: Yeah, man. And we're gonna see how that. Like I said, offenses usually start off rusty to begin with, so we'll see. How much of an effect, because I know that's been in recent CBA debates is how many preseason games and all that. So like it'll be interesting to kind of see as like a placebo test of like how that's really gonna work out in real time. Um so what I want to do, and we'll get Graham's picks later, but I want to keep track of all of our picks this year. I think that'll be something we could that would be fun to do, a little bit of competitiveness between us. So we'll start off right with that Thursday night game, Houston at Kansas City. Who do you got?
0: I got the chiefs, man. I defending champs, Patrick Mahomes won't skip a beat with this offense. He's got pretty much the same targets coming back and it's, it's bread and butter for me.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, they're, they, they didn't really lose any major pieces. Um, I just, I see them being, I think I've said it in previous episodes. I see them being one of the top teams coming out of the AFC, no doubt. Oh yeah. Uh, all right. So next up we've got the New York jets at your Buffalo bills. I have a feeling I already know how you feel about this game.
0: Absolutely. Buffalo Bills all day. I think uh, Josh Allen's going to have an MVP an MVP season this year, and uh, I, I don't see the Jets stopping us, especially without Jamal Adams and C.J. Mosley. Those were the only two guys who really held us down, and without them, I don't know what the Jets are going to do on defense. So I'm going Buffalo all day here.
1: No, yeah. The, the Jets do not look like a good team on paper, and most of the times – teams have a hard time meeting the expectations that are set on paper. So I think it's going to be a rough year for the Jets, and I think it doesn't start off well being in Buffalo. The only thing they really have going for them this, this week is there's no Bills Mafia in the stadium, and I think that's really the only benefit that they have this week. But yeah, it's yeah. going to be a tough first outing for them, no doubt. What about Chicago at Detroit? What do you think about that game?
0: I think Detroit's taking this one home. I know Chicago's got the defense, you know, lights out defense. They're probably going to be all over the quarterback. I think this is going to be a low scoring game uh, just because of the simple fact. We got to see what the Chicago Bears have at the quarterback position. Uh, We know what Nick Foles does in a Philly offense. I don't even know who the starter is for them, if it's Mitch or Nick Foles. But either way, I'm not confident in week one, especially with not having preseason games. Mitchell has his Consistency has always been the question, and Nick Foles coming into a new team, you know, not having those reps against live, you know, other teams during the preseason is really going to hurt him here. So I'm going with the uh, Detroit Lions, Kenny Galladay, Matt Stafford, and uh, Marvin Jones. I think they're going to
1: tear him up. So it has come out. Um, they did Matt Natty did announce that Mitchell Trubisky will be the starter. I have Chicago in this game, though. I think that this is one of those close games that their defense is definitely going to carry. I think it's definitely going to be a low-scoring game. I agree with you on that. But I feel like that this Chicago defense is strong enough that it can carry them to wins in those 50-50 games. And Detroit has been one of those, ever since Matt Patricia's gotten there, they're one of those teams. They always seem good on paper, and it just... It hasn't panned out yet. They've always been towards the front end of the draft. Obviously last year they had Matt Stafford hurt for, I think it was just about the entire second half of the season, but even then they were below 500 when he did play. So I think that the Detroit's offensive line isn't enough to stop the Chicago just pass rush that I, I have Chicago in this game. So we finally have a disagreement. So <laughs> there will be no ties this week, but I, I do. I think that Chicago's defense is easily, is going to carry them. It's about the only thing that will carry them, but I yeah. think it's good enough to do that. Uh, we'll stay right in the division. Green Bay at Minnesota. Who you got?
0: Oh boy. Oh boy. This is going to be one of the toughest picks I make this week. I gotta go with my man Aaron Rodgers though and Devontae Adams. They got a solid system going on over there with their new head coach. I know there was a lot of talks of animosity between the two, but you know, Aaron Rodgers has come out and totally <laughs> Aaron Rodgers has come out and totally taken the role of the leader. He's been teaching love. He's been, you know, orchestrating this offense to be the best it can, even though he wishes he had another wide receiver drafted. He didn't get it, but Whenever you got Aaron Rodgers, man, you can't count him out. And I'll take Aaron Rodgers over Kirk Cousins any day of the week.
1: Do you think Aaron Rodgers starts all 16 games this year, barring injury? Yes, absolutely. Okay. I, I don't think Jordan Love will get in there either, but I know I've seen that question brought up on a few. Uh...
0: Well, you always got to question it when you take a quarterback in the first round. You know, You, you, you kind of question the outlook of the franchise, but this is one of the greatest to do it. Um, unfortunately he's been in a Tom Brady situation where he doesn't always get the high powered tools around him to really show his true talents but this guy's made unbelievable throws his whole entire career he's he's brought him back in the fourth quarter I never count Aaron Rodgers out the dude's a winner
1: yeah man but for me I've got to go with Minnesota I think Minnesota's got the better offense like you said the Green Bay didn't didn't address that wide receiver position. I think that's really gonna hurt them in this past game. I know Minnesota's lost some pieces on defense, but I would take. Ooh, I don't know. I was I was literally about to say I would take Kirk Cousins and Adam Thielen over Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, but I actually no, I don't think I could actually say that. No. <laughs> I think I've gotta agree with you, man. I think I think this Green Bay team's back and it's and I think they still have the pieces. Like you said, it's it's one of those teams that you can't, you can't count out Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers makes ridiculous plays all the time. They still do have Aaron Jones at the running back position, so they have a solid run game. Yeah, I, I think I just talked myself out of that listening to you, and I was about to say that, and I was like, I don't think I could say that. So I think I'm going to take Green Bay on the road in this one. All right. Miami at New England. Good
0: Lord. To me, this is a trash game of the week. <laughs> oh gosh, uh, that's how Absolutely much animosity. No in
1: that statement that's
0: that's how much animosity I have towards the Patriots. Honestly, man, if you get a Fitz Magic game, the Dolphins can win this. Uh, Devontae Parker did beat Stefan Gilmore last year for an eight-reception game and 131 yards. So he definitely they have the talent to do it. I mean, they got Jordan Howard, Matt Breida. I mean, they're not household names, but they're two very different. Uh, running backs out of the backfield. But uh, to be honest, I can't go against Bill Belichick here. I think he's going to get Cam Newton his first win as a Patriot.
1: Yeah, man. I've got New England too. Uh, It's just, like you said, it's hard to to go against Belichick. I think this Miami team is on its way, but it's still a year or two out, especially with Ryan Fitzpatrick starting. You don't – I – he's hit or miss he he's always it seems like he has been for most of his career and i think that between him being a dolphin and between him being a buffalo bill i think bill belichick game planned enough against him that i i have to go with new england i think it's gonna be a lot closer than we've seen their games been be lately but man it it's it's tough to go against new england when miami hasn't proven it with that young talent that they do have right Philadelphia Eagles at the Washington football team.
0: Oh, got to go Eagles here, man. If you got a healthy Carson Wentz, you can never rule out the Eagles. Um, Miles Sanders had a huge rookie season last year. They got Deshaun Jackson back. They got a lot of speed on that field with Rager. And, uh, you know, they still got Alshon Jeffrey, too, and Zach Ertz. So I think there's just too many weapons for this defense to worry about for the Washington football team. And Carson Wentz gets his first win of the season.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, Philly's definitely going to be challenging the Dallas Cowboys for the, for the division and Washington's going to be fighting over third place with the Giants. So I definitely think that there is a big discrepancy in the talent of these two teams and especially with no home field advantage. I mean, it's just, I, 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 could I couldn't think of a reason to pick Washington. One other thing though, I do want to take a whole little sidetrack real quick. Alex Smith did make the roster for Washington. He's been physically cleared to play and he is on the roster. And again, I just I'm so happy for him. He's he's a good guy and he deserves that. I did want to just say that. I just thought of that right now. Absolutely,
0: man. Alex Smith, great, great guy in this football world and deserves another chance, in my opinion. Uh when he played for Kansas City, he was great. Uh, Then he took over for Pat. Then Pat Mahomes took him over. I feel like he's just been a a bridge quarterback most of his career, especially in San Francisco as well with Colin Kaepernick. And I think if this dude gets a chance, he can show you he still has what it takes to win some football games in this league. And I think he deserves that.
1: Yeah, man, especially with Dwayne Haskins. Like he had some ugly games at the end of the year. Uh, I think he had like two or three picks and a fumble against the Giants. So, I mean, it's definitely going to be good for him to have that veteran quarterback there. So, again, super happy for Alex Smith. He's going to have a good impact on that team. Back to predictions, though. Um, Indianapolis at Jacksonville. Indianapolis. Philip Rivers is going to get his first win as a
0: cold out here. Paris Campbell, good slot receiver. T.Y. Hilton, you got a nice running back core back there with Johnny Taylor and uh, Marlon Mack now. Uh, I just think Frank Reich is going to have a great game plan going into this, and they're going to take this game.
1: Yeah, I think, honestly, I think Jacksonville is tanking for uh – for that Clemson quarterback. I mean, they've like you said, literally every little bit of talent they've had have have dipped. And I I enjoy Gardner Minshew. I hope he's I hope he's successful enough to keep entertaining us because he definitely does that. But I don't think they're really gonna be any competition for Indian for Indianapolis.
0: Well the thing is too that this Indianapolis Colts team, their defense is outstanding. Uh they really stepped up and probably Surprised a lot of fans around the league on how good they actually were. Um, so I know Phillip Rivers had a solid defense in San Diego while he was there, but I think this is the best defensive team he's been on. They just got great pass rushers. They got DeForest Buckner this year with Justin Houston and uh you know, their linebacker core is is for real. It's the corners that are gonna have to hold up their end of the bargain, but um this this Colts defense is gonna get after it this year and really help out that offense.
1: And definitely, but you also, and you can't forget that Indianapolis offensive line. It's one of the best in the league. It's probably better than what Phillip Rivers has had in LA for the recent years. So I think he's going to be really set up to have a great year. Uh, I think his numbers are going to be back to closer where he was in his prime. And I think that he's going to make a good run for this team, especially with that extra wild card spot. I expect them to be in the playoff hunt at the end of the year.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: agree. Uh, next up, Cleveland at
0: Baltimore. Got to go Baltimore. I yeah. don't even have to explain it. Baltimore's do got this game, no doubt.
1: Yep, in Baltimore next up. Uh, Tampa Bay at New Orleans.
0: <laughs> this is going to be one of the more fun games for me to watch or pay attention to. I mean, you got two of the greatest quarterbacks going head-to-head with two of the most high-powered offenses in the league, Sean Payton versus Bruce Arians, two great coaches, two great organizations, really. Uh, this is going to be exciting to see just because we want to know what Tom Brady's going to be bringing to Tampa Bay. And, uh, it, it's just something you got to look forward to, man. You got two NFL greats playing against each other. And I think this is going to be a bloodbath football game and high points, man. I think this is going to be the highest game, uh, points wise this week for the NFL, but I'm going to go, Ooh, I, you know what? I'm going to go with the new Orleans Saints. is this game at new Orleans? Yes. It's in the- I'm, I'm going with new Orleans then I'm going with the Who and, uh, you know, I think drew Brees is going to welcome tom brady into this division with a loss
1: honestly i think you really covered it all i don't really have much to say other than how excited i am to see this matchup and not only that but we get to see it twice a year now yep. um drew Brees versus tom brady man it's gonna be a fun game to watch that entire division is gonna be fun to watch because you've got atlanta and you've got carolina so you got matt ryan and teddy bridgewater too so it's fantastic quarterbacks in that division and it's gonna be fun to watch uh next up, Arizona Cardinals at San Francisco 49ers.
0: Right here, I gotta go with uh the Arizona Cardinals. Simple reason being if Debo Samuels not on the field, I have no idea who Jimmy Garoppolo is gonna throw the ball to other than George Kittle. Uh they San Francisco San Francisco is a run heavy team. Uh, but Arizona, man, they just got DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk. Kenyon Drake and Kyler Murray. I think they're going to figure something out with Cliff Kingsbury this year, and uh, they're going to start this season off with a W.
1: For me, it's it's whether Debo plays or not. I think if Debo plays, I think San Francisco can pull this off because Arizona's defense isn't phenomenal, and the 49ers have a very good defense. But right now, they're expecting him to be out. So I'm going to go Arizona as well because I – like you said, who's who's Garoppolo going to throw to if, if Debo is not there, man? So it's it's going to be an interesting game. And again, another division game. So we'll get to see them match up again later in the year. I think Arizona is definitely going to be one of those teams that I don't think they'll quite be in the playoff hunt, but they're going to be a headache for whatever team they're playing. So
0: yeah, just having that spread offense, man. And now you got... You know, wide receivers who can really produce for you with a young quarterback that is is mobile. You know, he's just a smaller like Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. And uh he's got all the arm talent in the world. He can sling it. He can run it. Uh Very smart. Showed promise last year as a rookie. And I think he's just going to come in and show you what he's got in the second year
1: for, for the first game at least. Yeah, man, he better because I'm still not a fan that he won offensive rookie of the year. So, right. That's just my own personal vendetta because Daniel Jones should have won it. But anyways, (laughs) um, we talked about him earlier. Teddy Bridgewater is opening his Carolina career at home against the newly minted Las Vegas Raiders, and I still hate that name.
0: Me too. It's never going to roll off the tongue right for me. And, uh, you know, I got to go with Matt Rule. I've been a big fan of Matt Rule here. I love what he did in college. The guy, no matter where he goes, he produces high football, um, results. I know that's a bad way of putting it, but it's the truth. His defenses, his offenses are great. They, they keep up with anybody, but I gotta, I gotta be thinking this dude's pulling his hair, man, just because not just for this game, but like you stated earlier, having Tom Brady and drew Brees and Matt Ryan, and those three high powered offenses, you can sit there and really understand why he went all defense in this draft. Uh, and hopefully it's the right pieces they needed to put pressure on these quarterbacks and lock down these wide receivers because he's going to have a handful this year. And I don't really know what a bad season looks like for Matt Rule in your first year. Like, I, I don't know if getting five wins is necessarily a bad thing. Uh, having to go up against that type of talent with a bunch of rookies in in your defense and young, young athletic guys. I mean, like I stated earlier, experience speaks highly in this league and they are very young and that that's a plus and a minus. So I, I'm determined to see what Matt Rule does here. And I think that he's going to come in and beat one of the best all-time coaches in John Gruden for his first win as a Carolina Panther.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, it's it's much like what you said, man. I mean, you're you're covering all the bases this week, man. I mean, it's just going to be interesting seeing if Carolina can keep up with that young with that young squad that they have there, I don't think Las Vegas should put up too much of a fight for them. I honestly, I'm kind of waiting just to see how long Derek Carr lasts. John Gruden was so high on Marcus Mariota going into his draft. He was an analyst then. And now they signed him in the offseason, man. So it's just, I don't know. We'll see how long Derek Carr lasts. It's always kind of been known that Derek Carr isn't Gruden's guy. So I think Las Vegas is going to be middle of the road, top 10 draft pick this year. I don't think they're really going to quite put it together. So i give the win to Carolina this week, too. It's going to be one of their easier games with how tough that that schedule is.
0: Yeah, I think that if you see the Las Vegas Raiders start off 0-2, 0-3, you might see a quarterback change right there. I mean, John Gruden's been there, what, two, three years now? Uh, so he needs to start producing. Yes, I know he's got a 10-year contract, and most of that's guaranteed for the years. Mm-hmm. But, like, at the end of the day, man, you're a coach in the National Football League. You hate freaking losing. You know, it just it looks bad on you. So, you get paid to win games in this in this uh, business, and uh, he's got to put out teams that are going to be competitive. So, if if Derek Carr isn't winning the first two or three games, I would expect Marcus Mariota getting a shot and possibly Derek Carr getting traded by the deadline.
1: Yeah, man, it'll be interesting to see what – really develops out of that team. I mean, there's definitely going to be storylines whether they're in a playoff hunt or not. Right. Uh next up, Seattle at Atlanta.
0: Yeah, you know, I the only reason why I'm really excited for this game is just to see if Todd Gurley can come back to his old self. Uh if he can, this Atlanta Falcons offense is going to be scary. Calvin Ridley, a nice young prodigy to uh Julio Jones in this offense. Uh Hayden Hurst is basically an Austin Hooper. You can throw anybody in the Falcons, uh, tight end position and they're going to produce, I mean, they use their tight end more than most teams in this league. Uh, I see, I see the Falcons coming out with the W here, uh, just because I'm assuming Todd Gurley is going to give them something that they've been missing with Devontae Freeman back there. Uh, I know Seattle has got the 12th man, but there's no fans this time. So they've had a lot of changes in their scenery as well. And We'll just have to see. I mean, they, they don't have Jadavian Clowney anymore, and they lost a lot of guys on that D-line. So I'm thinking I'm thinking Atlanta here.
1: So big week for Matt Ryan this week, huh? Yep, yep. All right, I'll go pick them up in fantasy. <laughs> uh, nah, but honestly, I know Seattle's, Seattle has lost quite a few players, but they still were a fantastic team last year. And so even if they're not going to be as good, I still think they're good enough to beat Atlanta. The game's in Atlanta, so I don't think they're too worried about the twelfth man. And honestly, I don't. Know, I'm not even sure like the whole fan things had that big of of an effect on on players. I don't know. I I don't notice it when I'm watching games. I they. I mean, the only one I really notice it in is like baseball, and that's just because like with how the cameras are, like they have it pointed right at the seats behind home plate. Right. That's really the only time I really ever noticed. I don't. I'm not sure how different it is on the field, but I think Seattle's just still talented enough to to beat Atlanta. So, I'm I not think gonna
0: lie, you know, like it's being, a toss
1: up. Don't get me wrong from
0: from experience of just being at the Bills games, it gets so loud sometimes that like you don't even hear yelling; you just hear like this wicked loud noise. Like you, it doesn't even sound like
1: yelling anymore. It sound like an ocean.
0: Yeah, it, it's just so overwhelming, man. And the only thing that really helps our team with that is that if, if they're not doing silent counts and they're yelling, they can't hear anything. Like our defense has come out every single year and said, we need to do sign language because we don't even bother trying to yell on defense anymore. Like it, it doesn't work. So I think it helps in that factor that it, it can, you know, and maybe one or two uh, delay games could cost a game, you know? So that's something that I've always played a fact and, you know Seattle's had one of the loudest stadiums. I know it's in uh, Atlanta, but their their fan base is known for helping them out a little bit too. So I I definitely think it plays a factor, but maybe not as much as some fans would think it does. Uh, but yeah, I, I see where you're coming from there.
1: So we have one more game, and then we've got the three primetime games. So we'll rip them off real quick. L.A. Chargers at Cincinnati. Ooh, I'm gonna go Cincinnati. Joe Burrow, get your first win, buddy. Me too, man. I. They've added a lot of talent this year. They have a quarterback who cares. I think it's going to be big things out of Cincinnati this year. Like I said, does it mean they're in the playoff hunt? Probably not, but I I kind of throw them in the same category as Arizona. They're that team that's going to give you headaches when you play them. They've got they've got a solid offense with solid weapons that Joe Burrow is going to have. It makes it a little bit easier at least switching to the NFL. So, I I think since he since he's got the talent, I'm not sold on Tyrod. I'm not sold on their offense as a whole. Really, it's just down to Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, and we're not even sure if Mike Williams is going to be healthy. So I give the win to Cincinnati. Sunday night football to open up the season. Dallas at the L.A. Rams. The Rams are opening their new stadium, even though it's empty. <laughs>
0: you know, I got to go Dallas here, man. They got C.D. Lamb to an already high-powered offense that was leading the NFL in the league last year for like the first nine weeks. Uh Dak Prescott's out there to prove a point. He wants to get paid. This is a scary Dallas team this year, and I think they're going to be very hard to beat in their division. So I'm taking Dallas against the Rams
1: this week. Yeah, I mean, I think Dallas is a class above. I think that that they're going to be going for one of the buys, or actually I think it works out that there aren't any buys anymore. They're going to be one of the top two teams in the NFC, I think. They 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 added on to an already fantastic team. I mean, you've covered most of the bases. They look good this year. Mm -hmm. First Monday night football game because we got a doubleheader to start the year. Pittsburgh Steelers at my New York Giants. Mm.
0: Sorry, buddy. Got to go with the Steelers here. Healthy Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, Chase Claypool is going to give you guys a headache. He's not been talked about a lot in the NFL world, but that dude is a tank. He runs fast. He's a 4'4", 40 at 6'6", or something like that. Uh, Juju smith user is going to get a lot of good looks this year because of him and Deontay Johnson and a healthy James Conner is also scary. And, uh, I got to go with Pittsburgh here.
1: Yeah, man, I covered it in the giantsology episode. I think that this game, I thought this game was a toss up then. I think it is still now, but I think I'm actually going to give the giants the win on this one. I think that their offense is going to be a big step forward from last year. Like I've said on there before, the Giants did not play one single snap with Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, Golden Tate, Sterling Shepard, and Evan Ingram on the field all at once, not once. Mm-hmm. So we dealt with injuries. We dealt with Golden Tate's suspension at the beginning of the year. I think that this is going to be a high-powered offense. I think the offensive line has improved, even well, especially because Nate Soldier's is not playing this year. I I know we're young, but I think that offensive line can hold up considering the talent that we go against on defensive lines later in the during this year, I think this is sadly one of our easier games. I think that they can hold up. I think it's going to be a close one. Like I said, toss up a, I'm going to, I'm going to go with my giants, man. I gotta, I gotta represent. I've got a, I gotta, I have got to I got to i got to hope for the best. <laughs> I'd be worried if you
0: didn't, man, you gotta have that hometown love. You gotta, you know, root for your team. It doesn't matter who they're playing. You should be picking the
1: giants every week. Definitely, man. I mean, I try to keep it realistic, but last game wrapping up week one, Tennessee Titans at the Denver Broncos. Who you got? Yeah, I got to go with Tennessee
0: here. You know, they made it nice playoff run last year. Strong Derrick Henry. If they get even uh, a glimpse of what Ryan Tannehill was last year, this team is going to be scary, especially as we spoke of. We got you and Clowney on this defensive line now, and this was already a scary defense beforehand. So I'm going Tennessee and uh, I don't see it even being a problem.
1: Yeah, man, I see I see the same thing. I think that defensive line is going to overwhelm the Denver's offense. I don't, I don't see this being very competitive. I'm not even, I don't think Denver even made the playoffs last year and Tennessee was, Tennessee took down the Ravens and the Patriots. Like they obviously had the talent when they put it together. I think that this is Tennessee's game to lose. I think. Yeah. I think that, yeah, totally So we got three differences. So hopefully there won't be no ties. We'll get Graham's picks in here. But I think that about covers it, man. Big week going into football this year. As everybody knows, we're hyped. You got anything else to end on? Yeah, guys. Hey, neighbors. I just want to say thanks for coming
0: out for another walk around the cul-de-sac. If you want to get at at us with your feedback and maybe you have a little bit different of predictions, hit us up at woodbine underscore sports on Instagram. Uh, Be sure to check out the Buffalo Binge on Spotify. And again, you know, football's back, baby. I hope everybody's excited. Stay safe this weekend. I know we're all going to be consuming our fair share of alcohol and enjoying this time. Uh, But I got to say, you know, thanks for another walk around the cul-de-sac, neighbors.
1: Yeah. We appreciate you guys. We, we love the feedback we get. We love seeing you guys listening to the episodes. I'm excited. We got week one in football. I'm just fucking excited, man. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I will keep saying that over and over and over again. Cause it's just, it's just, it's what we need at this point, man. I'm, I'm excited to have sports and I'm excited to really get into my bread and butter. That is football. Oh yeah. I did actually, you know what? Speaking of my bread and butter, I do want to throw in one quick thing, man. Fantastic Formula One race this week. I messaged you guys. You guys were hungover in bed, but dude, you missed out on a fantastic race. Lewis Hamilton got sent to the back. So we got to see some actual racing man. it was great. Pierre Gasly for Alpha Tori pulled off the win, man, and couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. But I just wanted to throw that in there real quick. Again, appreciate you guys. Love you guys. Have a great week. Stay safe. Enjoy.